Welcome to Real Life Rescues, a podcast that's going to go behind the scenes and take an in-depth look into the operational and personal accounts of EMS first responders from Israel's largest fully volunteer EMS provider, United Atzala. Any volunteers available in Beit Shemesh across from the Noach Ayalat trails? And units available in Tamaria near the Kinara for an 11-year-old boy pulled into the water, possibly drowning. Eight or seven is in the water with the boat. Backup units needed. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Real Life Rescues. I'm Raphael. And I'm Dovia Mizell. And today we're going to talk about the most frustrating thing. Frustration. Um, now, we know there's uh, a lot of frustrating things, and any one of them at any time could be the most frustrating thing when you're going on that call and you're trying to respond and and something just stops you from responding. You know, don't call it frustration. Call it Murphy riding along. Yeah, there you go. Murphy's on the way. Um, so I'll start out with uh, with one of my, my frustrating things is, you know, as, as we know, we're always on call. You know, that's all volunteers, 24-7, no matter what we're doing, where we're doing. And for me, one of the most frustrating times to receive a call is in the gym. When I'm at the gym, I'm, I'm in my zone, I'm working out, I'm, I'm doing my reps. Good for you going to the gym. I know, right? That's already <laughs> a step up. This is a new thing for me. I'm like trying to like, you know. That's why you're still in the gym. Exactly, because it's still new. It's uh, you know, a month and a half old. Although I have to say, I was recently on vacation and I still signed up for a gym at the place where I was on vacation and I went a number That's of times. That's pathetic. Uh, <laughs> okay. Ruining your vacation with a gym. So for me, the vacation was- Are you EMS or not? What's going know, on here, Rafael? I'm trying. <laughs> it's that rookie thing, I guess. Um, the- uh, <laughs> No, for me, it was vacation with the family, with the kids. So the gym was, was actually vacation. Escapi- <laughs> escapism. Escapism. Talk about frustration. There you go. <laughs> so there's a good reason. There's a logical reason for going to the gym. It's not, yeah. Um, anyway, so at the gym, and I, I get a call. And I'm like, okay, I go out and I respond to the call. Fine, whatever. Uh, there's a call at my gym, which is even more. It's like, guys. Those are convenient. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> I just think, you know, I still had to interrupt my reps and whatever I was doing, but uh Guy dislocated his shoulder in like the ninja zone of the gym. That's like crazy workout things going on. And so I, I, I wrapped him up and got him on the ambulance and went back to what I was doing. But we got this call when I was at the gym. This is two nights ago. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at, I get out of the zone. I, I get the, you know, rants my radio, push that I'm on my way. And I go and I realize the address doesn't exist. <laughs> Dispatch sent me to an address that doesn't exist. It was, it's on the same street as the gym. But they gave me, the, the street goes from number two to 62, and then it ends. And they gave me number 70. And I was trying to figure out, well, there is no 70. And, and I stopped my car on the way, and I called dispatch. And I'm like, guys, there's no 70. Like, I, I, I live in this neighborhood. I go to the gym here. It doesn't exist. So they're like, oh, what do we do? Um, so they called the person who made the phone call. And this was a, a language issue because the dispatcher spoke Hebrew, and the person who made the request spoke English. Uh, and they said, you know, I'm at 17 not 70, which is all the way down the other side of the road. Um, always. You always. said Murphy. Yeah, yeah. So I get there, and I get to the call. And the call comes up to the anaphylaxis. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I got the pan. I'm ready to go. And uh, kid's having a little bit of trouble breathing. And uh, I said, you know, what's the story? And mom said, oh, he's... And mom was freaking out. Kid was freaking out. And he's having respiratory distress, but there's nothing else. There's no no signs of anaphylaxis. The tongue's not swollen, no rash, nothing. And I'm looking at this kid. I'm like, all right, Um what are you allergic to? He said, nuts. And I said, first, he's able to talk, which is already, you know, not so much anaphylaxis, but okay. Uh, and I said, okay, nuts. What did you eat? Ice cream. Do you have a package of the ice cream we can take a look at? It was an ordered ice cream. They say, they're bringing, this, they're bringing a popsicle. 
And the popsicle is a fruit popsicle. There's no nuts in it. But on the package on the inside, and again, we had the Hebrew English thing. The mom didn't read Hebrew. The kid did. And the kid saw on the ingredient list, under the ingredients, they have the it may contain section. And it said, in the main contain section, it said, it may contain nuts, which means there were nuts in the factory, but not in the ice cream. So, or the popsicle. Uh, so the kid was freaking out because he saw the word nuts on the package and thought he was having an allergic reaction and was basically just having a full-blown panic attack, um, which caused the mom to have a panic attack and, you know. Lots of fun. So that was, that was a, for me, that was a, a frustrating moment in, in the last That's frustrating? That's frustrating no, for me. dude, dude, dude. Frustrating is when you are at quarter to 11 at night on your way back. This, rap, was, it, this rap, was it a quarter to 11 tonight. <laughs> wrapping up a shift and it was a long shift and you had all the most frustrating calls on the shift and then you get that call, which sends you to the other side of town to call that you say, okay, I'll, I'll chop, chop, wrap it up, speed him to the hospital, I'll only be an hour laid off shift. But you get to the call and it's on the fifth floor, and the elevator isn't working, and the patient weighs 400 pounds, and beyond everything else, you start getting the whole discussion of yes, go to the hospital, no, go to the hospital, a whole family argument, a whole thing that, you know, just all you keep doing is looking at your watch, because it's not a life-threatening situation, okay? You, you, you've understood already that this is not a life-or-death situation, and the only thing you care about is wanting to finish that shift and get home. And that's frustration when you end up getting back to the station and wrapping up your stuff in the locker at 1.30 a.m. <laughs> that's frustration. That's, I feel like, every day. That's, like, that's like not even frustration. It sort of goes with, the with you know, par for the course uh, yeah. with EMS. Um, that's to be expected. I, you go into shift expecting that you're going to get to the end of your shift and you're going to be like, dispatch is going to hit us with that one last call five minutes before we close. And it's going to be that patient that decides that not only, you know, after after all that with the fifth floor and the elevator and, the, you know, uh, patient deciding whether they want to go to hospital, not want to go to hospital. But then they decide they have to bring the whole house with them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with the slippers and the hair covering and the shoes and the coat and all, all that stuff, and and you're like, and the correlation is usually quite simple. The more you're in a rush, the longer they'll take their time. Correct. <laughs> yeah, those those are those are uh, I guess frustrating. But but are those the really the most frustrating? That's like uh you know, well that is quite frustrating. That is quite frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite frustrating. And then you're no, home, but, and your wife's like, "Where are you? What are you? What are we doing out so late?" Yeah, or, or, or your husband, I was out at your a husband bar. doing that. <laughs> I was right. out at a bar having fun. Well, that's after the shift. <laughs> it's like everyone's sleeping at home anyways. I'm going out to a bar. Um, no, don't they have no. those bars? I'll, I'll tell you what's frustrating as well. And, you know, we can say this being in the field for 35 years is when you're treating Who's a patient. We? Sorry. Okay. You just made me a very old man. As good as a <laughs> podcast, nobody can see my white hair and white beard. So, um, yeah, many years in the field is, is when you're treating a patient and you're absolutely positive that you know what they have, your diagnosis has been made, you're treating them and, and whatnot, and, and, and you end up getting to the hospital with the patient, and the doctor looks and says, oh, it's totally something else. Now, that's frustrating. That's Well, I don't know if it's more frustrating or more um, feeling like a fool, but you feel frustrated that, that you were absolutely positive that you're doing the best of, of your best, and then the doctor knows him and you're like, oh, 
That is frustrating. It's frustrating. It's also frustrating if you were right and the doctor's wrong. <laughs> well, those have happened too. When That's the doctor is so stubborn, yeah, and then you come back the next call to the ER and you see that they end up treating him for what you diagnosed, yeah, and 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 you go to the doctor just you know to put it in his face and, and be like, and oh, oh, this patient did have that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> Great job. Um, I think some of the other really frustrating things for me is is when I'm on the way to go to go respond or or you know treat the patient and and something something whatever that thing is just stops you from doing it whether you know uh traffic is a big one for for a lot of people who ride ambulances less so for me thank god i'm uh, i'm on a ambicycle and i i kind of ignore traffic as much as possible um it's like they're, they're doing their thing i'm going around them um and of course the, i have to I'm going to small caveat here before I get to the other things that impede you on your way. Um, wonderful things, these ambicycles, in in the fact that in in Israel, drivers are a little nuts. We'll say a little nuts, but they're really a cool. little. <laughs> they're really crazy. We have, um, I think, one of the uh, the highest accident rate per capita globally. Yeah. So the the amazing thing that I've seen, and I, I even saw it today, but like. Every pretty much everywhere I go, whether I'm lights and sirens or not, or I'm on a regular ride, like you know, say going to work or, or going home or going about my daily business, because I'm on the ambicycle, I get a lot of respect on the road. Like people move out of the way for me, even if I'm not lights and sirens. Like I'm just driving, and people are just like trying to pull over to the right or left to let me pass. It's it's really amazing to see that you know there is that respect uh, for first responders on the road as much as possible here, uh, even with all the crazy driving. And I say that most of the time. Super frustrating when drivers are not respectful for ambulances. They just don't give a hoot reasons. about you. You exactly. can be lights and sirens, just asking them to move three inches to the left, and they simply do not care. Yeah. So those are those are super frustrating. I don't want to talk about what we wish that driver and his family, but <laughs> well, we wish we don't have to be the one treating them whenever they get into their. You know, we accident. hope we forget them by the time we need to treat them. <laughs> It's like, oh, I remember that license plate. I had the dent in the back. Um, but yeah, that, so that can be incredibly frustrating for a lot of people is, is trying to get to the call and and being impeded and getting to the call, but either by traffic or whether it's uh, in, in you know, another uh, situation that sort of blocks the area. We know there's a, a lot of times you get construction trucks that'll, you know, something will happen and they'll be in the road and the way and you can't get around them. Um so those those can also be very frustrating because you have the tools, you have the knowledge, you're able to help, but you can't get there. Um, and and there are moments where even ambicycles get stuck. Uh, very few and far between, but it happens. Uh, and those can be incredibly frustrating as well, I think. And and anything else that impedes you on your way to treating that patient, whether it's another patient who's hysterical or a, some an eyewitness who's hysterical who like you get to the scene and they grab you and be like you have to help this person and they're not even talking about the person who's injured they're talking about you know yeah someone else is not associated um there's there's a lot of things that can really be maybe maybe I'll take it also to, to, to from from the getting there and things like that the frustration of of things that we need to deal with um when when getting to calls we get obviously to the less successful parts of town and and uh, and people that live in, in conditions that you as a as a as a provider, someone who's coming to help, I find myself over the years many times very frustrated with with my limited ability to help these people in their situation. Yes, I'll be treating them for their medical condition. Right. Their immediate medical their condition. Their immediate medical condition, whether it's their pulmonary edema or the COPD or 
or a- a- any one of the, the or an the, overdose or yeah. whatever happens. You know, overdose and those. I, I, I'm saying, you know, people who who bring themselves to these situations. I'm not judging in any way, shape, or form. But we all have our parts of town with the with the different junkies and things like that. But I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the the less. Well, give me a good word for that. I'm doing translating in my head here. Well, the um, lower, lower socioeconomic level. Yeah, I that's guess. The official. <laughs> but you know, you know, the people that just have not had much luck in life, and and we're treating them for their immediate. Um, a medical condition. And I'm looking around and I always, over the years, every time I walk into a house, when I was a rookie, obviously we have our tunnel vision and we're looking at the patient. And as we get some more experience, when we walk in the house, before we even see the patient, we've already assessed the situation. We can create a whole picture of, of the story of what's going on around us. And and you walk into people's homes and, and into people's lives and sometimes it gets so frustrating to see how people need to live, whether it's with the uh, children in the house, the condition of the house, um, and, and things like that. And you say, okay, I'll be helping this patient, and we'll take him to the hospital, but they'll be discharged in two days. And going back to what? Going back to what? And and and, and that on a personal level, I think, is very very frustrating. So when we get to this, sometimes the calls of, you know, an elderly person that is alone and has no family and their house is, is like, looks like a pile of garbage of accumulation of trash over years. And we treat them and we take them to the hospital. We will try being a community-based organization. We'll try to, you know, take over the house when they're away, clean it out and like, you know, take an initiative uh, locally and, 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 and make, make a home to come back to. But those are like a drop in the sea, or I don't know what the word is for in English for that. But it's like really, really the the tip of the iceberg. And you say, we're helping them. But it's so frustrating to know that we're not really helping them. We're just helping them temporarily for two days. But they're going back to a home that, that, you know, might not have food and you have kids there. And and it it becomes very frustrating. And and over the years, and as we grow up and we have our own families and and we know that at the end of the shift we're going to or after this call we'll be going back home to our family to our kids to our normalcy and it always sits there in the back of the head thinking about those people and i find that very frustrating over many many years and that's something i can't get over yeah well 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 said um there are there is i guess a, a limit of how much we can help and we have to know our limits of what we can do and what we what we can't do. That's what um, we do in our psychotrauma, what you're doing to me now, <laughs> Rafael. We're, I'm well aware. I'm well aware of our uh, uh, inability to help these people, and it's not our responsibility either. I didn't say that. No, I'm saying- But I'm there's saying, the desire to help. We no, want to help. We, 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 and it's frustrating. We, we report yeah. the social services. We do, we do protocol. But at the end of the day, it, it's frustrating to come to these people and to see- that people need to live in conditions in 2023 in conditions that are simply inhuman to a certain extent. And, and, and that becomes very frustrating, especially when we have our own families. Yeah. And one of the things I think that we have to all take a step back, as, as Dobie always likes to say, and, and recognize is that um, we're all people. We're all caring people. I think, I think EMS people across the board are some of the most caring or I'd say more caring people on the planet uh, because we're in this line of work, we've chosen this line of work to literally dedicate our times to helping others. Uh, and yeah, we do it in the immediate, like what we were saying, we do it in the immediate uh, 
uh, section of we're coming and treating you medically for your medical condition, but there's so much more that goes around that that allows a person to live um, in all senses of the word. Like you're, uh, and and that's frustrating to see that that person doesn't have the life of, of what we would hope for them, uh, or or we it, they they are in need of help that that we just can't provide. And that sort of, I guess, you know, does tie into the protocols and getting social services in, getting city in, and we hope it goes well, but we we just don't have any control over it whatsoever. And now let's jump back to the <laughs> let's let's say up our spirits a little bit and go back to the normal frustrating things. Like like I a, think it's pretty normal. Like, I think it's pretty normal frustration. <laughs> like when we're on the way to a uh, family event, a bar mitzvah or or something like that and everybody's dressed up in the car and and you're on the road on the highway whatever to the to the to that event and that call comes in suddenly and you're like and you look at it on your device and you're like thinking to yourself, "Okay, it is only four minutes away from me. It is a sudden cardiac arrest. You look in the in the rear view in, in the rear view mirror inside the car. You see your whole family all dressed up. You see your wife on your right hand side, and you're like thinking, "How much trouble am I going to be in for taking exactly. this call?" Exactly. <laughs> now, now I would say that's the peak of frustration at that point when you when you contemplate what the cost will be to respond to that call, and 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 and, and then. You make the call and you go and, and, and you really want to wrap it up fast. And, and like I said at the beginning is, you know, that because the timing was the worst, this call will Murphy will be with us mm-hmm. all the way through. Yeah. And, and, and it's going to be one of those fifth floor, no elevator. Yeah. 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 Patients and, and, that take and, a long time. So, so yeah, I would say the timing of calls in general is frustration. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the calls that need the most attention are the ones that will come at the worst timing. Oh Yeah. Um, but you you have less of a frustration in this area. I, th- I think you've experienced that frustration enough that that and and maybe your family has experienced that frustration enough that your wife actually became a responder. So now my wife became a responder. You, my sixteen year old <laughs> teenager son is already an EMR volunteering on on the local ambulance already coming right. back with his uh, heroic stories from his shifts. Yeah, it's a sort of a EMS home. There you go. So to speak. The white noise in the house is the radio for many years. So <laughs> So I think I think you've uh you you've traumatized the rest of your family enough. Absolutely. That they're like, okay, fine, we're all doing this anyways. We're just Which not gonna just join. makes it more frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> because if I don't want to respond to the call, you're like, I'm not going. You never like, yes, and you my are. son will be. Mm. Of course you're responding to that. We're not gonna miss that call. <laughs> there you go. That's like that's I think you're like a lesser frustration than we're <laughs> having to deal with beforehand. Um, I think another but, form of frustration, we, yeah, another form of frustration, um, is really looking at a patient in distress and you cannot figure out what they have. You're going, you're taking one protocol to another and you're trying to, uh, rule out a, B, C, D, and they simply do not fit into any category as a paramedic of many years. I got to say um, that 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 really, honestly, is one of the most frustrating things is that you cannot figure out what this patient has. And all you can do is, is put them in the patient, you know, hooked up to the monitor, got the IV line going, just have some saline drip in there. But you have no clue what is going on with this patient. His vitals are not right, but he doesn't fit into any category. And you end up needing to come to the hospital 
and 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 walk into the emergency department and they ask you, okay, what does he have? And, and you simply say, I honestly have no clue. He's sick. <laughs> you tell them, good luck. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. You forgot E, by the way. Well, what? When you went through your categories, you went A, B, C, D, and you forgot E, e. F, G, and I even went all the way to the Z to look for the zebras. I don't know. You go E, and then you do your seven. You do the round two, and then you go through A, B, C, D, <laughs> well, E when again. When I went to paramedic school many, many years ago, <laughs> they taught us, and they taught us that when you're going to uh, treat a patient, and uh, you want to do anamnesia and, and and whatever, figure out what the patient has. So when when everything when the stars align up, and you're hearing the horseshoes running. Mm-hmm. It, it, in most cases, it'll probably be the horses, but don't forget, it can always be a zebra. Right. We had it. We had a, we going back to our previous podcast where we talked about the horses and the zebras. Um, you mentioned that uh, on on way to you know celebrations that you got calls. There's there's a story not so long ago that happened uh, with two of our volunteers who were actually in the same car on the way to their own wedding, uh, and they they witnessed they actually witnessed a car accident right in front of them. Uh, on their way to their on own their way wedding. To their yeah. wedding. Roni. Um, no, well, that too. But uh, I was I was thinking about Noor Abuasi oh, and, yeah. and Mohammed Biazzi. Right. But yeah, Roni, Roni, I think, was by himself. I don't think he was with his bride. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the bride and the groom in the car, seeing the car accident in front of them. And they realize they're going to be late to the wedding anyways because traffic was backing up. So they just uh, got out of the car, stuck in traffic, and and ran to go help uh, the the people who were in the accident. Um, and there was a young, and the accident there was, a, was a kid on his bike in a truck, uh, or the kid on his bike was hit by the truck and was, I guess, in moderate to severe condition. Uh, they stabilized him at the scene. Uh, and, uh, then after everything had sort of passed, continued on their way to the wedding. Um, there's a great picture they sent us with even, uh, the, them dressed in their wedding outfits. He's in a vest and a nice shirt and she's in uh, a dress already. Um, and they're treating this little kid on, on the side of the road. Um, so yeah, things happen at the worst times. Um, but I guess as long as you're with the right people, uh, you know, it makes it a little bit better and a little less frustrating, especially cause they were both, they were both responders kind of like you and your wife. They knew they'll have a great story. They loved it. I'm not <laughs> sure it frustrated them. <laughs> they did, but again, they were a little late, but, uh, whatever, you know, it's Israel. Everything's kind of late here a little bit. So one of the uh, one of the other rules that I've always learned as after I became a first responder is that we're usually first on scene, but we're late to everything else. Oh yeah, it's oh, um, yeah. but but the, the flip side of that, Rafael, is we always have a good excuse. It's true, and it's like you can always even we, we were necessarily we on call. <laughs> we can, they'll we always believe us, saying, "Yeah, we had an emergency on the way." <laughs> there was a, a, a something and come up with it. An old lady fell down, a car accident, uh, someone wasn't feeling great. Blah blah, um, and yeah, you can come up with it. So I guess, um, yeah, you know, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, maybe, I don't, I don't know exactly if we have on the website a way to uh, uh, write in, but uh, maybe send us some comments about what were your some of, some of your most frustrating uh, moments or, or issues that you deal with uh, when you're on shift and you're out there in the ambulance. Maybe we'll bring them up on the next podcast. <laughs> and yeah, if you, if you do, we can, we can hopefully talk about them on the next podcast. The important thing, I think, for when, when you do get frustrated is to realize that we are in this because we're empathic people. Uh, we want to help others. We're in it to help others. And we chose to do it. Yeah, but people can choose other things too. <laughs> but we did choose to do it. Um, and it's something which, 
it's it's part and parcel of the job. Meaning every job has its frustrating aspects. Uh, these are ours, and uh, it's things we deal with every day. But at the long, at the end of it, we're we are helping people, and I think that's something that's important and will get us through the frustration. It, it certainly works for me a lot. Whereas I realize my goal at the end is to really help people as much as I can, uh, up to the point where I can, um, and that's it. And that it sort of pulls me through the rest of the frustrations that that sort of go on. Just don't stress it. Just don't stress it. It won't help. <laughs> it won't help, and it's a killer. So, yeah, definitely don't stress it uh, as much as you can. Obviously, there's some things we do take with us, uh, but try and deal with those in ways that are, are beneficial to you and not detrimental to those around you, especially your loved ones uh, who aren't part of it or even if they are part of it. Um, but try and uh, get your frustrations out in ways that are healthy. Maybe do a podcast. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I always said from the beginning, Rafael, this is my psychotherapy. You are my therapist, on, and this podcast is my is my uh, uh, my, my treatment room. There you go. <laughs> so it's our clinic here. Our clinic, yeah. Likewise, Dovey, likewise. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, yeah, uh, send us your, your frustrating uh, moments, and we'd love to hear them. Stay safe out there. Stay safe out there.